0: Today is Monday, October 22nd, and this is the Red Sox Beat Podcast here on the CNS Media Network. Of course, I am Jared Scalley alongside Jess Thomas today. This week's going to be all about the World Series, and of course, recapping the ALCS as the Red Sox are squared off to face the Dodgers in the 2018 World Series. Ball one strike. Kimbrel deals in the air, deep left field, hit well, Benintendi on the run, he's got it! And the Boston
1: Red Sox are headed to the World Series! The Red Sox will celebrate
0: on the road once again, World Series bound! Alright everyone, welcome in Red Sox beat CLNS Media, of course here the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your American League champion, Boston Red Sox. On Twitter, at Red Sox CLNS for the coverage. Red Sox beat on Facebook. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, of course, on Stitcher, the mobile podcast app for the network as well. I had to change that at the beginning because I was about to say AL East champion. And then I realized, you know what? We're going to the World Series, Jess. So, have to change it.
1: The World Series. How about that? First time since 2013. long time before we started this show, so this is the first Red Sox beat where we're talking about the World Series Red Sox. Isn't that that awesome?
0: It's amazing. Uh, We're going to get to a lot tonight, obviously. Perfect timing um, with everything because Red Sox ended it a little while ago. Dodgers went to Game 7 with the Brewers, which is best case scenario for the Red Sox because bullpens were taxed and people had to play longer, so they got a little less rest. Um, But it is going to be Red Sox-Dodgers, but... Before we get to the World Series, and guys, I'm excited we can preview the World Series. We'll be relevant for more than a day uh, because baseball is a daily thing, apparently. So before we get to that, we have to just look back at the LCS for a minute here because, just yes, they did something that I don't think any of us really thought they were going to do. And that was go to Houston and win all three baseball games in Houston. And by capping it off, they decided to clinch the World Series against one of the best pitchers in baseball, Justin Verlander. And didn't even look like they had a problem doing it.
1: No, oh, it was amazing. I mean, we we did this, sh- this show last week after two games. It was one-to-one. We were trying to figure out what was going to happen. Even optimistic me, before the series started, I picked Red Sox in six. And I'm sure people were probably thinking that was crazy because, well, the Astros are the best team ever. But I just had a feeling that it was going to be good. It's really hard to repeat. It's really hard to go to the World Series two years in a row. <laughs> Don't tell the Dodgers that, but um, I just had a feeling about six and then they go out and win three straight road games even i was i mean they and they did it with fairly relative ease like that wasn't that hard for them they just mowed them right down one two three you know obviously the fourth game which we want to go a little further into was one of the craziest baseball games i've ever seen and that was pretty dramatic but game three and game five were not that difficult they just kind of steamrolled them and The Astros just put up no resistance, and the Red Sox just did what they've continued to do all season long. is win, 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 and hardly ever lose.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they have been doing very good at the whole winning thing. And look, we can talk about this too because I think this is the good place to start, and this is because he comes up again on every freaking show we do. It's David Price. And (laughs) you can't can't stay away from the guy, good or bad, and we have to talk about it. And you might as well talk about it because it's the big news. And I am going to ask you first because this question was asked as soon as he came out. As soon as he got that win, they won the game. They're going to the World Series on the back of David Price. Oh yeah, is it is he vindicated? Yes. In your eyes, do you think there is any reason now for Red Sox fans to hold the rest of his playoff career here over his head, or is what he just did in game uh, in game five pitching them to the World Series enough now at this point?
1: Well, I mean, he obviously still has a bad postseason record. That's not going to change and win, but in terms of...
0: I mean, he's 1-9. It's going to take a while to fix that.
1: <laughs> exactly. But in terms of people holding it over his head, I, I, this was a pretty big deal. He pitched six scoreless innings and looked fantastic after the start before that we had talked about where he didn't look great, but he didn't look terrible. So he keeps building on it, and he sent them to the World Series against Justin Verlander and totally shut the Astros down over six innings. He looked fantastic. I think. I mean, of course I would like to see one or two more postseason starts where he's good, but this is a huge step in the right direction, and I don't think people can complain at this point. I mean, he had a great regular season, and then a terrible start, Mickey's subpar start versus the Astros, and then a great start. So it's like overall the season he's been really good. And as much as we crap on him, and I still don't know how big of a fan I am of him because I just don't like all the stuff he did in the past, but he he beat the odds. Everyone hated him in Boston. A whole lot after that Dennis Eckersley incident. He had everything against him, every reason to quit, and he didn't. And here he is going to the World Series. I mean, that's pretty respectable.
0: And that's one of the things that Cora, you know, got a lot of flack for coming in was why are you pitching him game five? Why are you giving him the ball back? Why not put him in the bullpen and just be done with it? He believed in him, you know, and I think this is a big thing of you need David, and this is something we've been harping on all, almost all year now, Jess, is you need David Price to win a World Series. If David Price can't come through, if David Price can't be himself in the playoffs, then you you were never going to have a chance to win the World Series just because of the way your rotation set up.
1: Right, and Chris Sale only pitched one game. So that's even more reason. You already lost your best pitcher. Now you really need David Price, and he did it. I mean, they they won Game 2 that he pitched, and they won Game, game 5 that he pitched. So that's two of your four wins right there is him. I mean, they literally won the series basically without Chris Sale because the only game they lost was the game he pitched. So, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, we said it all year. You need David Price to pitch well, and he did. Yeah, and you can almost make an
0: argument that you didn't even need Chris Sale to get to this point because of the way the other teams, the other guys, have stepped up. Um And you got maybe like you've gotten like seventy percent of Chris Sale, and apparently he was in the hospital because of a belly button ring. I don't really believe that.
1: I think it was a joke. It was, yeah, I think it was just him
0: messing with the media. But yeah. that being said, if he's fine and he's healthy, and maybe there was just like a. Uh, a situation he was dealing with, and if he's if he's gotten some time off here, he's pitching game one. There's no reason to give David Pri- not give David Price the ball at this point in game two. You have to give it to him.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, earn that with sending them to the World Series, and you know, I don't I don't like the argument that I've heard, which is a valid argument of like there's less pressure because they were up three to one. I get that, but if you look at the other side of it. It's Game 5 of the ALCS. You have a prime opportunity to knock the defending champions out and not even have to go back to Fenway Park. That is pressure. I know it's not like Game 7 pressure, but, like, if he he lost this game and then they somehow went and lost the next two games at home, then everyone would be saying, well, (laughs) he should have pitched better in that huge Game 5 in retrospect, you know? So it was a big start, even though it wasn't the Game 7.
0: I've heard a couple things, too, and, like, I don't really take too much stock into this because I don't really think the whole nickname he's earned, Dave, David, uh, Tinglefingers, Tinklyfingers, whatever, whatever they like to call him nowadays. Um, because right away people were starting to say, well, it was indoors. So I put an asterisk on it because it wasn't in the cold. It wasn't in the cold. And I get it. Trust me. I know it wasn't in the cold. It was in a controlled climate and he wasn't, and he's going to have to pitch in the cold here because obviously it's not going to be that cold at Dodger Stadium. But you look at the way he pitched, he did what he was supposed to do. He was indoors. He was controlled climate and he pitched well. He hadn't even been able to do that last year. Because they played the Astros last year. Like, the way that everyone now is just trying to find excuses, there's no reason to at this point. I think he's earned it. I think you have to believe that he's going to go in and be able to pitch well. And the Dodgers have a good lineup too. But I honestly think that there's no reason for you to give him flack at this point and just kind of have to respect and be happy for him, the fact that he actually pulled it off. Because I didn't think he was going to.
1: No, I went back and forth on it for sure. I, You know. I wasn't sure what to expect in Game 5. I thought he might do well just because of the whole storyline of the whole, like, you know, him coming through at the biggest moment when you never expect it. Like, it almost almost seemed, like, scripted in that. Obviously, it's not scripted, but it seemed scripted in the way of, like, oh, he's never won a playoff start. He could send him to the World Series. He pitches incredible against one of the best postseason pitchers in history. You know, like, it was all perfectly lined up to be, like, that storybook, like, fairy tale. And he did it. So, like, I kind of expected it in a way, in a weird sort of sick way, you know? <laughs> and it well, worked out, right? It worked out I'm, great. I
0: mean, because it almost goes back to what you're saying, too. It's, it's the Everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, he, he you have to – there was really no pressure on him. You know, there kind of wasn't in a way. Like, obviously, it's going to the World Series, and there's pr- always pressure, especially because he, he's had that monkey on his back. But it's the – we all didn't really expect it. They were up three games to one, and you know what? I think a lot of people were like, well, at least we get to go back to Fenway and they have three tries at this, so David, do your best, and we don't expect much. I think that, in a that sense, I, I get the no-pressure argument because it was a, you don't need to win this game for us to win the series. We get it if you suck again.
1: Right. No, I agree. That's why I understood that argument, even though I kind of refuted it, it but before. But, yeah, I mean, it was kind of the perfect situation for him, and I think instead of being afraid, he just took that as, like, I'm taking this opportunity to win, and we're not going to go back to Boston. I'm just going to win it right here. I think he really took that to heart and just said, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to win a start here.
0: Yeah. Um. So let's go to Jackie Bradley for a second here, because he won the MVP, and the biggest thing to me is, people were like, why? And it's like, well, he came up with the biggest hits. So Jackie Bradley had the the, the basic clearing double that he had, the, the, uh, the grand slam, obviously. That's the big one. And then the, uh, the homer in the last game, too. So it's like, I think he hit like two something, like low 200s in the whole series. Well, he only had,
1: he only had three hits. Those were his three hits. Yeah, those were
0: his three hits. But when they look at those awards, it's quality over quantity. No one realizes that David Ortiz had like two hits in the ALCS in 2013. But one of them just happened to be the grand, grand slam, slam that tied the game. And of course you were going to give him the, the, you know what I mean? Like that's why he got the MVP. It's not about quantity in that series. It's about, unless no one really has those defining moments, it's, right. it's quality. It's you, you came up at the biggest moments on the biggest stage and a guy like Jackie Bradley, who none of us thought that would be the guy who would do it, had a great bat and we have to hope he continues it into the world series. But I think he was the p- best guy to give it to because who else are going to give it to? Maybe Nathan Evaldi. But other than that, there really was no other moments that really stood out besides those.
1: Yeah, you're exactly nailed it. It's all about the moments. It's the big moments that you win. And think about the, the situation in each game that he had his three. Game two, they were down four to two. He hit a three RBI double off the wall to make it five to four. They won that game. Then you go to game three. They were up four to two in the eighth inning. He hit a grand slam to make it eight 2 So that cap, you know, it was close. Yep. It was very comebackable. And then boom, grand slam six run lead. And then game four, they were down five to four in a really back and forth game. And then he hit the two run homer to make it six to five. And obviously that went down to the last, the last pitch with uh, with Craig Kimbrell. But at the time, his two run homer put them up six five. So his three hits were down by a run or two for for two of them, and then putting up putting you up six to secure the victory in game three. It doesn't get any bigger than that. I mean, that's every time they need a big hit, he did. It. I mean, nine RBI in five games—that's insane. And especially doing three hits is even more insane. So you had to give it to him. I was fully expecting him to get it. And I'm glad he did because, I mean, you're not going to find three bigger hits than those. And that's
0: the anyway. thing—is is like you don't ex—you should have expected it. Like anyone who's like, "Why is it JBJ? He sucks." No, he doesn't. I mean, he does in a nutshell. Like grand scheme of things, <laughs> he's not a great hitter. We know that. He hit like two ten or something like that in the series. That doesn't make. That's not the point. He had the moments that you remember. Oh my God, I I know where I was when Jackie Bradley hit that grand slam in the ALCS to to give them the to blow it open, or hit that two two to one lead seriously, hit that two run home run. You know, I I know where Jackie like. It's like the I always remember what I was when David Ortiz hit that grand slam against the Tigers in 2013.
1: Yeah, me too. In the stands. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I I remember where where I was when David Ortiz hit the home run to the bullpen, and Joe Buck said, "We'll see it later tonight." You remember those moments.
1: So. You remember where you are when Koji picked off Colton Long in the World Series in 2013. Exactly. Or where Dave Roberts you know. stole the base.
0: You remember when Keith Fulk right. threw the pitch and underhood it to get Edgar Renteria out to win the World Series. You know, you
1: remember those moments. When JD drew at the Grand Slam off Fausto Carmona. Frickin' JD. Center field.
0: Frickin JD drew. Um. I remember ter- all those moments. That was terrible. So. Um.
1: Big moments so. though.
0: Exactly. Exactly point. JD, Mar- JD is drew sucks. JD <laughs> drew sucked. But he had those big moments. So that's the point is. He deserves it. Anyone who thinks he doesn't—that's weird. And I'm one who's always been against Jackie Bradley Jr. I wanted them to trade him a long time ago. I still think Stry. you could get some value out of him, to be honest. But like the defense right now, it's, it's worth it because you have the best outfield in the league. You're seeing that they're—they're they're winning you some of these games. Still, the uh, diving catch from Benatendi this week. You had the—the throw out from Boots uh, from Betts at the second um, from right field. You had these big moments from the outfield. So look, Jackie Bradley. MVP, hands down. And there's really no question about it in my eyes, Jess, because those are the big moments that
1: we had. Isn't it amazing, though, that he won MVP for his offense, not his defense? Like, that's right. hilarious. You didn't make
0: a couple big catches. You didn't rob somebody. Like, you wouldn't – like, Mookie Betts robbed somebody he really on the home run and all this he stuff. Really,
1: he really did nothing in the field. Not much Not much was hit to him. It was all offense. Yeah. It's hilarious. A lot
0: of the action was left and right field. Benintendi and Betts were busy yeah. in that series.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Bradley wasn't. He won MVP. <laughs> yeah. so. How can you predict that? I mean, that's yeah. so unpredictable. No,
0: it's, it's great. It's super unpredictable. What is predictable, though, Jess, is our good friends at 1in100.co. Uh, Boston Sports fans, do you want to get killer seats to see your favorite team for the price of a beer or a large pizza? Are you tired of paying for all the inflated markups from brokers or last-minute convenience charges so you end up paying courtside prices for those nose-blood seats? No, you go to 1in100, 1in100.co. in One Zero Zero Excuse me, that's 1in100.co. Are you feeling lucky? you got to go try it now. The novelty of 1 in 100 is that there's actually no other place online that's doing online raffles to win tickets to events. It's a totally new way to score tickets to your favorite events or a new way, you know, Red Sox games, the World Series is coming up, they're giving up raffles um uh, to get you there for the price of literally one beer. Um that's not a joke, you can score a pair of tickets literally for a cost of about a bottle beer at Fenway Park. Your raffle ticket is free after signing up, the experience of using 1 in 100 which is extremely fun and exciting from picking your lucky number you want a feeling of lucky potential scoring premium tickets. If you're feeling lucky, try it at 1in100.co. That's O-N-E, 1in100.co. Um, and they're going to have big raffles coming up uh, to go to the World Series for a pretty cheap price. So go check it out, and all you got to do is enter, and you get an email if you win. You get an email if you lose, and you see what happens. Um, as we get into the World Series, and we dive into that a second here. Biggest thing we can kind of talk about, because there's two big storylines. Well, one big storyline, and another one that's kind of might be getting overshadowed this week is one, Stephen Wright, and two, Craig Kimbrell. So quickly on Stephen Wright, before we get to the big picture of Craig Kimbrell, Stephen Wright seems like he's healthy, and he might be ready to come back. I don't even know if there's a spot for him, because, (laughs) which is sad, you know, you don't really need him as a starter. He'd come in as a bullpen guy, do you want him in the bullpen, Jess? Does he he have a spot? I I would consider it depending on who you're going to replace, but the bullpen seemed okay enough that you might not need to put Steven Wright on the roster for the World Series.
1: Hey, isn't that funny? We thought he was going to be so important in the first two rounds, or at least the first round to start, and then we knew knew he wasn't going to be in the second round once that happened, but we thought he was going to be such an important cog. We thought he was going to be the eighth inning guy, and maybe he would have been because you know starters the eighth been eighth inning yep. quite quite a bit. So it's possible. But they went seven and two in the first two rounds without him, even though he was expected to be such a big part. So I don't know if you need him. I think they're good enough without him. I mean, between Brazier, Barnes, uh, Kimbrell, whatever starter you put out there, maybe a little Hembry action. Uh, it's I don't know. I think that. Between their starters and the guys they have in the bullpen, he might not need him. I think it would be good to have him just for insurance purposes, and he could help. Not sure who who would replace. That's the core's decision, not mine. Yeah, I think he'd be good to have, but I just I don't feel like it's as necessary as maybe we would have thought a couple weeks ago. Well,
0: that's the thing is like, who is it? Is it Hember You take off? You're not going to take Joe Kelly or 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 Brazier or Matt Barnes off for him by any means. Um, do you take It'd E-Rod? be a position player, right? It'd be either a position player or you take Erod off. Um, but you, you'd have to consider it might be a position player. If that's the case, who do you take off?
1: Well, yeah, in terms of Erod, is, is right any better than Erod?
0: Probably not. I don't, know. I don't not, not you you know? At that point, you have the lefty, right? So, I don't think that they would not do it. Like, I think Steven Wright to Erod would be a better option, in my opinion, but they also have to make sure he's 100%. Because I don't want to put him on the roster, take E right off, and then find out he's not ready to go. So it has to be a pretty clear cut decision. He's healthy. But I think he's valuable in a way, because I still think going from Joe Kelly to Stephen Wright's a major switch, you know, right. for to, just even for an inning. So
1: Or Stephen Wright to Kimbrell.
0: Exactly. So if you if you really need him, I, I think it's worth it, but only if he's a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, well that's definitely the first key to make sure he's healthy. But it's also we're also playing a nationally team now, so it makes more sense to have more hitters, right? So you can have pinch hitters and stuff like that. So that yeah. makes even less reason to have right instead of a position player. So I think if you're going to have him, it's going to be instead of a instead of a reliever. So yeah, maybe hembury or Erod, or maybe they just say, we haven't need you up to this point. We're going to continue to not need you. I don't know. That's a tough decision.
0: Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. And, you know, Cora seems to have pressed all the right buttons so far. Um, yeah, that's 100% accurate. So <laughs> he's, I trust. at this point, I just don't trust him not to do the right thing at this point. So that that's going to be a wait and see moment. The other thing that, and this is kind of a nice segue to Alex Cora making the right decision, is, is the Craig Kimbrell situation that's happening right now. Because going into this World Series, and we're going to talk about it fully in a second, Craig Kimbrel has not looked good. He's had command problems, he's been a liability, he almost gagged a couple games, and the first game that he looked decent was the clincher, and that was after Eric Gagne apparently called Cora and said that he was tipping his pitches. So, did they find something? Is is he fine? Because since that happened and he pitched again, he looked better. So maybe that was it, and maybe they found something, and now he's good to go. I don't blame him for keep going to Kimbrel, because one, who the hell else are you going to give the ninth inning to, really? Really? um and two right, he's
1: been great for 80 percent of the season yeah. so
0: and i also call bs on the people that are saying well why did you put Kim- why did you put kimberlin in the ninth uh blah 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 he's terrible you should have let like you should have let uh evaldi keep going no because if you don't go to craig Kimbrell in the ninth and you still win which you were going to most likely then what happens at the world series does he, now mentally is he okay like he's your he's been your closer all year you you have to believe in him because if you don't for one situation in the biggest moment, the reason why he's here is to close out this series and go to the World That's why he's here. If you don't trust in him, then what happens in the World Series? Is he a mental case? Is he going to have even more command problems? Because we don't really know what the root of this is. It seems to be cleared up since Gagne pointed the tipping the, the curveball because it seemed like they believed. Anyway, Cora said this, that they thought he was tipping his curveball. But that being said, there's no way you can not go to Kimberly in any of those situations because you have to worry about mentally, what does he think about himself if you don't go to him?
1: Yeah, you brought up a lot of good points there. Uh, a lot of what I was going to say for sure. I, I'm really fascinated how much Cora trusts him because, like, there was no hesitation. Like, you know, David probably up in Game Four, and and he just kept pitching Kimbrel in Six outs, first six outs, save he's got, and he just kept going with him, kept going with him, and it barely worked out, but it did. And then you know he pitched two innings the night before and struggled mightily. And then Cora brings him in for the ninth inning of the most important game to go to the World Series. So it's like he kept throwing him out there and his numbers were garbage, but he got every save somehow, some way because of the lead that he had. He managed to get to save every game despite pitching terribly. So, but Cora kept going to him and he kept trusting him, and that that says a lot if you're if you're a pitcher or or a player, anybody. If your manager keeps keeps doing going to you even if you're struggling so i questioned him coming into game five only because he threw so many pitches in the game before but i think it was the smartest thing core could have done in hindsight now because one knowing about the potential of him tipping pitches two the other thing was like does he have a mechanical issue they're trying to figure that out and i noticed in game five he didn't stick his leg out as far before he threw the pitch so it looked different it looked like an easier throwing motion than it was in the game before, and he, you know, he got three outs, got two strikeouts, walked one guy, but he's always been wild, so that's not really surprising. So I think to give him the confidence that they still believe in him, one, two, fix his mechanics and see how he pitches, and then three, give him, you know, give him like one good outing before we go to the World Series. Like you said, if he if he finished with that game four disaster and then went to the World Series nobody's going to feel good about that. No, not at all. You know? and How can, I think people how can are going you? To feel right. I think people are going to feel better about it now, knowing that he pitched a, a, a fairly clean, much cleaner than his other games, Game 5 of the World Series. I mean, the ALCS. So I think that that was a brilliant move on Cora's part. I didn't like it just because of how much he pitched, but, I mean, give him all the confidence in the world, and, you know, I don't want anybody else pitching the ninth inning. This guy was lights out from April to... Mid-August, so, you know, hopefully he figured it out, because he's been all over the place, and he's kind of a disaster, but, that's the guy I want the mound in the ninth inning of game four when you're about to sweep the Dodgers.
0: I don't, I, I, yeah, okay. I, I don't, I, I, I don't trust anybody else to do the ninth inning. I don't. And clearly Core doesn't either, because it keeps going to him, and he got, like you said, Jess, that six, that six out, outing was the biggest tell to anybody who knows the game, that, it was it. Like, he, he trusts, that guy that's his guy in the ninth inning no matter what and I, if i need out so i'm going to Kimball as early as i think i need right. to because that's it
1: if he blew it then Cor was going to say fine he's my best guy and i'm still going and i'm still going back
0: to him tomorrow like that's it like right. it, it's the guy he wants on the mound and that's a big thing and this can be the kind of way we segue into the world series talk here because he's had control issues we, there's no doubt about that is it going to hurt them are you are you okay with him being in the ninth inning? Do you think he's fixed? Because now you're facing a Dodgers lineup that, you know, as much as Houston has gets credit for being a potent lineup, the Dodgers aren't too shabby themselves.
1: Yeah, I mean you're gonna need him to be sharp, but I guess, you know, a good way to combat that is to score enough runs that it's not gonna matter. This is true. <laughs> and the offense and really? to be
0: fair, this is something that we talked about before like doing a lot of playoff preview stuff, especially because we knew they won the division so long ago that we started talking about this even in September. It's the the offense is going to have to carry this team, right? That was the biggest narrative of, you're the best offense in baseball. You have a pitching staff, yes, but it's not great. If you're going to win games, your offense needs to come through in in big moments and continually get your runs. They've done that, right? They've won all these games by coming up in big spots, showing why they were the best offense, and showing why they had 108 wins this year. So
1: that's why that's why Kimball was able to be absolutely terrible and still get every save because he had enough of a lead. Exactly. Of offense, exactly. Time.
0: So biggest key for me going into the World Series is the offense better hit because if they don't, you're screwed. You're going up against Clayton Kershaw for one. Like you're, you guys have to hit as an offense or this Red Sox team's not going to win. That that goes back to our original stance, especially mine at the beginning of this off at the beginning of the postseason. You have to hit. You have to be the best offense that you were like you were all season long. Because if you don't, you're not going far. If they get to the World Series and then the offense stalls, they're not going to win this series. They're not built right. to win 2-1 one games, one nothing games. They're not built to win those.
1: Right. No, they're not. So, you want the offense to show up, and and I think they will. So, I mean, let's start here. Let's start a little breakdown. Let's start with the offenses. So, obviously, you know how good the Red Sox offense is. You know, they led, they led the majors, and a lot of things. They led the majors in average, two sixty eight and they were uh they were ninth in home runs, not quite as many home runs, but obviously the doubles between, you know, Bet's doubles, Bogart's doubles, they led the league in doubles by thirty three over the second place team. So that wasn't <laughs> even close. I mean that was they just destroyed everyone in doubles. They had the most runs in addition to the average and the doubles. They had the most hits by sixty. So that wasn't even close. <laughs> Insane they had the most RBI in the league, so they they run they almost ran the table in terms of in terms of offensive categories. Uh, the Dodgers are not even close to that. The Dodgers hit 250 as a team and their average. They had the most RBI because obviously they're in the World Series; they're going to be good at something. They had the most home runs and the most RBI, but their average is down. Um, hits they only had um, seventh best in the National League, so their offense is clearly not nearly as good as the Red Sox. There's no doubt about that. Uh, But they are good. There's a reason they're in the World Series. And it's fascinating because they were so bad for the first couple months of the season, if you remember. They were third place, they were under 500, and they slowly slowly came back, they got their players healthy, and then made a run when they needed to at the right time. And I think took advantage of maybe an NL that wasn't as good, because there were certainly no 100, 800, 300 win teams in the National League. So... It's hard to know how good they are. I think your offense is good, but I don't think it's as good as the Red Sox.
0: Well, that's the thing, is you're also talking about a team that people were really concerned about earlier on in the year. Struggling, not producing, were they getting along, were they going to have to break it up? And obviously they, they came back around and look, they're back in the World Series again. I just don't have faith in some of those guys to come through like Yasiel Puig. Yeah, I know he can get the crap out of the ball, but is he really as clutch as some of the guys the Red Sox have? No, probably not. Um, the biggest thing for me is is Chris Sale. I think Chris Sale is one of the bigger storylines coming into this World Series. If you get him back to even 90% of Chris Sale, you're winning the series. Because I think that the reason why you are so good as a team is because you go as Chris Sale goes. Now, obviously, it's not as 100% true because they won without him being his best. But at the same time, now he's rested. I think Chris Sale, game one, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that he should be the game one starter. And I don't think anyone's really questioning Cora's decision there. But at the same time, you need him to get off to a fast start because this offense isn't great, the Dodgers, not as good as the Red Sox, but it is a good offense, and if you give them a chance to hit the crap out of the ball, they're going to do it, especially at Fenway.
1: Right, and their pitching is good, too. I mean, like you said, Kershaw, you got Walker, Bueller. Um, I mean, they got they got some good pitching. I'm looking at their, their numbers here, too. They are uh, second in the majors in ERA um, behind the Astros and they were fourth in the majors in opponent batting average. So they've definitely got good pitching, which is going to be fascinating against the best offense in the league by far. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good matchup in terms of, you know, strength versus strength. But have trouble, like, taking them with how bad they were earlier in the year and just how much better the AL was in, in the NL and, and seeing the Red Sox just, roll over 200-win teams. I mean, who's going to pick the Dodgers in the series after watching what the Red Sox have done in the playoffs in think, all you know, all season?
0: I think I think in some places they'll be favored. I think right now the Red Sox are favorites, um, if not. I
1: don't know how they wouldn't be.
0: I think they I are. I haven't watched, but. I think they are. Um, but the biggest thing to They're me, too, with, and, yeah. with the pitching stuff, is that the strikeout leaders for the year, the Red Sox are fourth in strikeouts as a pitching staff this year. Guess who the other three were above them?
1: Yankees-Astros. I'm, I'm not guessing. I'm looking. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Cheater. Um, The three teams that they might win to go to the World Series are the three other teams above them that struck out more guys this year than they did as a staff. So, their, That's right, fascinating. Their staff is right up there with the league's elite in terms of striking guys out. Obviously, Chris Sale is a big number to that because he's a big strikeout guy. But you don't get to fourth in strikeouts as a pitching staff without having a pretty damn good pitching, rotation, bullpen, and obviously closer the three other teams above you, you just beat Houston, who led the league in strikeouts as a pitching staff. You beat them. The Yankees are right behind them, second, and now the Dodgers are third, right above you. So you have good pitching on display, and the Red Sox offense still took these guys to town. So that's something to that really kind of, as a Red Sox fan, take it as a, hey, you know what? If this Red Sox offense can go against the guy, the two offensive, the two staffs that kind of provided the most strikeouts, Dodgers shouldn't be a problem.
1: Right, the Astros and Yankees. Uh, certainly appear to be better teams than the Dodgers, at least by like a, a small margin, if if not larger. So mm-hmm. that's really fascinating that those three teams are the top three strikeout teams. I, I mean, you saw what the Red Sox; they got 16 runs on the Yankees in Game Three. They absolutely dispatched the uh, the Astros on the road. Quite right. a bit of runs, you know. They scored they scored uh, four, eight, and eight. So that's a pretty that's a pretty high output. So I, I think that and this this team is this offense is so good that if you can do what you did against those two teams especially on the road as you know 5 and 0 on the road in the playoffs so far if you can do that against the two top strikeout teams then yep. what can't you do yep. i mean they would have to have a colossal collapse to not win this series because there's so much but I mean, they've been the best team in the majors by so much all year, and they just beat the other two best teams. I mean, how would you even come close to losing? That's the thing is team?
0: the ALCS. <laughs> you had the two. You had the two best teams in baseball in the ALCS. I think a lot of people, including myself, said the winner of that series is basically the winner of the World Series in my eyes because you look at the two teams, Milwaukee and the Dodgers. It took them seven games. I thought you'd run the floor in Milwaukee. I just thought they're a better matchup for you as a team. But the Dodgers took the Dodgers seven games to beat them. So. Yeah, it was a great series. It's a good baseball. But overall, how can you pick against either... And if the Astros win, I would have probably picked the Astros to win again. Because how can you pick against Same. one of those two teams to fall to, And basically, in my opinion, honestly, inferior teams?
1: Right, exactly. I mean, in terms of games played, too, the Sox have played seven games this playoffs. The Dodgers played 11, right? Seven against the Brewers, four against the Braves. So, well, plus they're... Game 163, also
0: yeah. Don't <laughs> forget add, they had the play-in game.
1: Yeah, if you want to add that, then 12 games. So it's taking them a lot more games to get to this point. Yep. So if that against inferior, yeah, against you know Brewers, Braves, we know the Red Sox are better than all these teams. And that's the thing. Like all season long, I was saying like this team is the best team in baseball, which they are. And now I have proof that they beat 100 win Yankees, and 103 win Astros easily. Not even taking the full didn't even take the Yankees to 5, didn't take the Astros to even 6 or 7. I mean, if, if you weren't convinced that the Red Sox were the best team in the Majors before the playoffs, you sure as hell are now.
0: Yeah, if, so. if, if you if you don't pick the Red Sox in this series, if you are a betting man, you're, you, you, you're, you're basically a Dodgers fan because the way this Red Sox team has played together, I'm done questioning everything that they're doing because um, Corus pressed all the right buttons as a first-year manager and you look, you look around here and look what this team is doing The struggles they've had in the bullpen, Jess, they shouldn't be here. Like, this bullpen, in retrospect of how they've pitched most of the year, should have coughed up a couple of these games, made it a little more interesting, maybe made me feel a little more annoyed than I was with the bullpen. They did this with ease, with a bullpen that we believe to be shaky. So at this point, you keep going. (laughs) I think a lot of people believe them to be shaky, Jess. Come on now. Um, This bullpen has proved a lot of people, including myself, that there's a couple of them that I can trust. Not all of them. I said i not not really want Joe Kelly in high leverage situations. But Bra- Brazier and Matt Barnes have proven to be a solid option um, when the time comes.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really happy about that because I've tried to stick behind them all year long. And I've gotten to countless with a lot of people about the bullpen and... For some reason I just had faith in them and they've proved everybody wrong and they've been great. And like, it's satisfying for me because I was, I feel like I was, you know, just like Adam Ballou is like the only, the only David Price believer left as he announces, like I was like the only believer left of the bullpen. So like, it's satisfying to see them pitch well because, you know, I said it, I said it before, before the playoffs started. You remember on the show, I said, I don't think the bullpen is going to be a problem. I said between throwing starters out there, which they they've been doing a lot more than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, you know, I doing. wasn't expecting that much. So between, but I said you know three weeks ago, I said that between that and the guys they have out there, that 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 Cora trusts, I think they're going to be fine, and they have been. So that was really satisfying. I mean, I feel like a genius overall because huh. I picked the Yankees to lose in the first round. I picked the Sox to beat the Astros in the ALCS. And then I picked the Sox to win the World Series over the Cubs. I'll give myself. Not credit there. I picked it to be the Cubs on March twenty fifth in our in our predictions. But I should boast that, right? I mean, we're here in the World Series and I predicted it. So that's pretty cool. I'm pretty happy about that. It's nice. I know I'm, I know it's a homer pick, but like it's it happened, so it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um no
0: look, I think the biggest thing is this team hasn't been in the World Series in five years. In twenty thirteen a lot of people thought they weren't the best team and I don't think they were. Um but they still won that. I think this team has that same juju, if you want to call it, as the twenty thirteen team did but they actually deserve to be there. They're the best well, team.
1: The, the biggest comparison between the two teams is that neither team lost four games in a row, which yep. is fascinating and really hard to do. I mean, that's... I, I know that, you know, there's that narrative that the 2013 team wasn't the best team and they didn't deserve it, and I see why people say that, because they had just a lot of, like, characters that you wouldn't have expected come together to win a championship, but they did not lose 4 all season long. Doesn't I feel like that kind of makes you, like probably one of the better teams (laughs) it's hard to do that in baseball you know so and that's the biggest comparison between that team and this team is obviously this team has more firepower and had many more wins and rolled through the playoffs so far like easy Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that this team is better than that team but they are definitely comparable in terms of the fact that They did not have extended losing streaks, and that's the hardest thing to do in baseball. And that's what makes you such a good team, is consistency. That's why you win playoff series, is to be consistent. That's what they're doing. Okay. And obviously, obviously, the, uh, obviously the past to, you know, in terms of this versus the other World Series, you know, they swept in 04, they swept in 07 and won in 13 in six games. So if people are thinking about who to pick, Look at the Red Size history in the last 14 years too. It's, I mean, how, how could you pick against them?
0: In this, in this, in this, uh, in this decade, especially in the last since 2002, they get to the World Series, they win. Um, so at yep. this point, I'm going to keep going with that trend. So just before we get out of here, let's make our picks officially on the World Series situation. I'm assuming we're both picking the Red Sox at this point, but, um, who are you picking in a number of games?
1: Yeah, we'll see if I can keep my streaks, uh, my, my streaks, prediction streak going. Uh, I am going to say, and because, I mean, if there's any team, if there's any season to pick a sweep in, it would be this with a 108 win team. But things have been pretty easy for them so far, thus far. So I'm going to say that the Dodgers grab one game. I'm saying Red Sox in five.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Red Sox in six. Uh, I think, six. They, I All think, right. I think they come back to Fenway. They win at home. Fenway pl- yeah. Um, I, am not love because, it. I mean, I'd love to see that, but they did it. Obviously, the last time they won it, Fenway, I think, I think the Dodgers are going to be a tough test. I think there's a lot of good talent on the other side. I think Manny Machado was a good addition and we all know how much he loves playing the Red Sox and he gets to come back and play at a <laughs> ballpark that he loves to play into. And I just really love that rivalry now. I hope Ajoy just jaws at him from the dugout the entire time. Um, it's going to be a fun series. I think Jess and I, especially, and to speak for all of you, I think, out there listening that you're all very excited for this
1: series. Tuesday night.
0: Starts a series against the Dodgers. Hopefully next week we could potentially be talking, you know, good news, but.
1: If it's a sweep, if it's a sweep, we'll be talking about a World Series champ. If, if it's otherwise, a sweep,
0: we'll be, okay. we'll be talking about a ring. Um, but otherwise we'll be back next week to talk about what's been going on. But, um, don't forget our, our show and our picks, especially are brought to you by our good friends at Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app, of course, that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETPS, options, and cryptos. It's all commission free. Uh, they strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. Uh, non intimidating way. It's for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time like myself with true confidence. Uh, simple and intuitive, clear design with data presented. It's easy to digest. Um, honestly, I don't do stocks. I don't invest much. Um, they came on board. I had to try it out and it makes sense. It makes the, it makes the flow of what to do and where you're putting your money. Um, it kind of makes it easy, uh, super easy to use. Design is a, it's a nice workflow. It's super easy to kind of n- navigate around. Um, and the only really way to do it is you learn by doing it. And you got to build your own portfolio. And, and Robinhood is really good at helping you do that. So what we're doing is giving our listeners, Robinhood, is, of course, is giving our listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help bid your portfolio. You can sign up at redsoxbeat.robinhood.com. That's, again, redsoxbeat.robinhood.com. Uh, it's a great, easy new way to kind of invest in the world and learn if you're a beginner like I was uh, to kind of help, helping boast and seeing where you can put your money the smartest way possible. Um, Just Thomas over there. Terrence Kelly over here at Red Sox. CLNS is the network coverage. Red Sox beat on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes. Listen on Stitcher. Guys, the Red Sox are in the, the freaking World Series and it's absolutely amazing. Hopefully, we're going to talk about it next week as a win. I highly doubt it, but hopefully...
1: I wouldn't doubt anything with this team. I know, seriously. I'm, I'm done. Maybe
0: they do sweep at this point. You know what? Screw it, Jess. We can change our predictions. We're both going to predict sweeps. Uh, no, I won't do that, but Red Sox, Dodgers, it should be a very, very interesting and exciting series to watch. There should be a lot of fireworks. So definitely enjoy it. Only about a week and a half or so baseball left, max. So, uh, before the off season kicks in. So let's talk about it. Let's enjoy it. And, uh, go oh, Red Sox. Let's win frickin' World Series, huh?